for professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Coming up to 707 on CJAD, welcome to today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. Welcome, Josh. Hello, Dan. And a very special guest this evening. It's a pub that I frequented myself. Uh, it's the Irish Embassy pub downtown. We have the owner in studio, Paul Quinn. Welcome, Paul. Hello, guys. Tonight is going to be a great story, Dan. You know, we have a large family. You know, Paul comes uh, from a family of seven kids. It is generation after generation of uh, pub ownership of entrepreneurs, in fact. And, and it's a story of a pub, a bar. I mean, everybody's kind of interested in how a bar works. So without any further ado, Paul, welcome. And maybe for, to get us started, you can tell us, what is the Irish Embassy today? What is Paul Quinn doing today here uh, in Montreal and a little bit in, in, uh, in Canada? And then where did it start with the Quinn family? Okay, Josh, uh, the Irish Embassy is an Irish pub at downtown Montreal on Bishop Street. We're licensed for uh, about 400 people. Um, we're a casual fare. We do um, regular nice beer, Guinness. We've got the Smithics. Uh, we've got the fish and chip stuff. Uh, I'm going into my fourth year. I came to Montreal because uh, my wife is from Montreal. Originally grew up in uh, Dublin, Ireland, came over in 88, 1988, lived in Toronto for about 10 years, worked with my uh, family there and uh, my brothers. We've got uh, six Irish bars in Toronto and um, basically moved up uh, to get away from them because they were annoying me and drinking all the beer. <laughs> Are you, so does that make you second generation pub owner? Um, no, I'm actually a fourth generation pub owner on my dad's side and a fifth pub generation owner on my mum's side. It really is all in the family. <laughs> How? When did it start? Where did it start? Um, well, I grew up in Dublin. Uh, my mother uh, and my father both come from Cavan and Leitrim. So they, uh, the businesses would have started back there at my great-grandparents'. Um, Back in the day in Ireland, uh, in your village, you'd have uh, the local kind of uh, pub, funeral home, uh, grocery store. It was all one uh, package. Um, but I'll jump ahead more or less to my family. So uh, in the 50s, my parents got married. They came to Canada. Um, they had three children here. They moved back to Ireland in the 60s. My dad uh, opened up a supermarket chain which he called Quinsworth, which he ran for uh, a good few years, which he then sold to uh, Loblaws, which is a Canadian company. He uh, also opened up hotels and bars and lots of different businesses in Ireland. Then it, uh, Ireland had an economic recession, uh, like there was a global recession, similar to what's happened in the US. Times were kind of bad. He had an additional four children during that period, so now there's seven kids. So he figured it would be good to come back to Canada. So he came back in 1988 and we came to Toronto and uh, my dad opened up a brokerage company and sold uh, everything from jams and waters and candies and all different Irish and English product into the supermarkets. And uh, we did books and picture framing and um, lots of different businesses. And we kind of graduated back into the uh, food and beverage and the bar business. It sounds like there was a whole ton of experience, not just in the bar or pub, but kind of all over. Did, did you have a lot of these jobs too? Like were you and all your siblings kind of uh, helping out a little bit everywhere? 
as kids growing up, we all sort of partook in the family businesses. That's uh, just it would be natural. My dad would be going out on a Saturday. You'd be going to uh, a Knob Hill Farms in uh, in uh, Toronto at the time. They were one of the biggest. Uh, it was uh, the size of like it was like a six hundred thousand square foot uh, supermarket, and we'd go out and we'd help with setting up um, the big display of whatever product he had. And uh, yeah, it was the family were very involved. So experience and varied experience, would you classify that as something important to the entrepreneur? I think uh, experience and education are uh, the two main things if uh, you're going to be in business and be an entrepreneur. Um, I think uh, uh, experience is what... um, experience what leads to education. Like when I was a kid growing up in Ireland, um, my father was um, considered a true industry leader. He brought the tea bag, he brought the six pack of beer. These are all concepts that he had done in the uh, 50s and the 60s in Canada. So that's what he did in Ireland, um, which then led to sort of like the education. So I think the experience um, is a big part. Then it becomes education. People get educated and then the next entrepreneur starts ahead. He gets more experience and adds back and adds back to education. Was it difficult for your family to make the transition between all these various businesses and, and uh, industries? Um, growing up at the time, it just felt normal uh, felt normal for us. Now when I look back, yeah, there was a lot of different uh, things going on, so it could have been uh, confusing, but I suppose that's where why I am where I am today, because I just take it for granted and it seems natural to uh, gravitate towards business and do, uh, do business deals. So does that make you interested to start different businesses, or are you truly focused on the one pub at the moment? I think that's the problem. I should be more focused on the one pub, but it's uh, like an addiction or a gambler. I can't uh, stop looking at other type of deals, but they're all sort of, everything's interconnected. Like I'm working on, uh, I've got my own cider in the pub, Cider Man. I'm working with a group on developing another beer. I'm importing beer into Quebec. We're working on exporting beer out of Quebec into Ontario and maybe abroad. So... uh, is Quebec, a, I mean, we're all, we joke about being big drinkers, but is Quebec really a prime market for all these types of products? Um, well, for an Irish pub downtown where I am, it's a very sort of, it's an Irish village, so mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a good neighborhood. We've got a, there's a good client base down there. Okay. I think it's, it's interesting, you know, that the Irish embassy came into a location that was kind of surrounded by other, by other Irish pubs as well. When you first came into Montreal, Paul, did you choose that location for a reason? I chose the, I wasn't, um, when I realized I was maybe going to come to Montreal because my wife ha- didn't like it in Toronto, uh, I found it very difficult because the food and beverage interest industry in Quebec is very, very tough. It's probably one of the best industries, but it's a very tough one. So uh, the smoking bylaw was coming in at that time, and uh, it's an English area. So I was fortunate enough that there was a property on Bishop Street that had a patio for 150 people, and the licensing law for smoking was going to allow smoking on the patio. And I figured that would be an advantage that would maybe even up the score and help me to be competitive in uh, the Montreal market. Paul Quinn joins us. He is the owner of the Irish Embassy Pub. You can join the conversation at 514-790-0991. Star Talk, star 8255 on Bell Mobility. And you can also text in your comments or questions to 514-800. Today's Entrepreneur presented by Fuller Landau. CJD time is coming up to 715. 
For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 717 on CJD, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. Uh, Dan Delmar along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller for today's entrepreneur and our guest this evening, Paul Quinn. He's the owner of uh, the Irish Embassy Pub downtown. And Paul, earlier we are talking about you guys uh, being around for about four years downtown, moving into this neighborhood where there are lots of Irish pubs around. How do you guys uh, stand out from the crowd and, and how do you guys, uh, how have you survived as, uh, as the new kid on the block? Um... Well, coming to uh, when I when I left Toronto, I walked out of the door of our pubs in Toronto. We've got um, we've got uh, five six pubs there, and I thought, is there an oversaturation? And there's lots more pubs. So when I came to Montreal and I looked around, there wasn't as many pubs, even though there's a lot of pubs. So I figured there'd be a big big market. So the first year was very very difficult because um, business was a lot harder than I anticipated. But uh, and the competition really held on to their customer. But we uh, we basically feel that we've got a great product and uh, our food is good and our drink is good. We uh, modified. A lot of people feel an Irish pub is just a certain type of pub, but things are constantly evolving. We brought a new mix to it. We brought in uh, the big plasma TVs. So uh, we've changed the flavor slightly from some of our competition to offer our consumer more of what they're looking for. They say, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Not to call your competition enemies, but do you, do you keep tabs on them? Do you kind of monitor so that you make sure you have that differentiating factor? I'm always out there seeing what everybody else in uh, the food and beverage industry in my neighborhood is doing, and that includes um, from Scores to Three Brussers to uh, the Irish pubs. Uh, so I'm always looking at what's there to try and make sure that I'm giving uh, my customer uh, the best value and the best experience for their dollar. Is it difficult to uh, to maintain that authentic Irish flavor when there's so many different options out there, so many different products, uh, so many different looks to the restaurant available, or or do you really uh, do you deviate a bit from from the Irish pub? Um, well, I suppose being Irish and growing up in Ireland helps because you're not a plastic pub. I am what I am. So some people come in and will say, well, you're not truly an Irish pub, but they haven't even been to Ireland. So uh, <laughs> my family have lots of uh, hotels and pubs back home and they wouldn't be what you'd envision an Irish pub to be. So uh, I don't find that a problem at all. I think uh, the product we have has a great Irish flavor to it. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with the product and I think the customers are happy with the product. Do you does the product evolve? I mean, do you you look at the the environment and the and the changing scenes and changing times? Do do you find yourself staying with the times or actively pursuing and changing your products? Um, it's it's a big problem. Like ten years ago or nine years ago in Toronto, will we put TVs in our pub? It was a big issue, but uh, you can't dictate to the customer. There's been rapid change with technology and the consumer, so we've put in the TV in the pubs, we've put in the Wi-Fi. Um, the customer is living a fast-paced life, and uh, you don't want to totally, like, I don't know, whatever with your product, but um, I think our product is an Irish flavor. We've got um, the main principles of our product are we've a wide selection of beer. It's a casual, comfortable uh, environment. We give a comfort product and a casual price point. You know, you mentioned price points, which is was certainly huge. You're coming to a new environment. You're coming to Montreal. You're used to Toronto. Did you do your research? How did you develop your price point? And did you change it along the way? Um, my price point was uh, very much dictated by... Uh, fellow Irish 
pubs in the neighborhood. No point going higher, no point going lower. Um, the price of Guinness hasn't changed downtown Montreal since 84. I'm sure uh, my competition, if you go in a price point, uh, a pint of Guinness should probably be at $9. Um, so I suppose that's affected the market. We all have to um, you know, stay within a price point now uh, because the consumer maybe doesn't want to pay $9 for a pint when you can get a domestic product. Um, so I am watching. That's how uh, the price point came. Now we've got a volume which uh, we're happy with, so we try to adjust our prices and maybe make a little bit of a margin on uh, different items. You know, Dan, it's uh, it's interesting because we're talking about competition and knowing your competition and staying on top of them in such a, a cutthroat market as bars, there's no Im- more better example to be set than, hey, you got to know what's around you. And if you even deviate a little bit uh, or you don't stay on top of it, uh, and entrepreneurs should certainly recognize this, then you could be totally dead in the water. So to stay on top of your competition and try to differentiate yourself or at least know where you can't go, I think is hugely important and entrepreneurs need to always keep that in uh, in their sights. You can join the conversation. Paul Quinn is our guest. He's the owner of the Irish Embassy Pub. Uh, you can give us a call at 514-790-0091. Star Talk on Bell Mobility. That's star 8255. Or text in for 25 cents to 514-800-723. 723 Today's Entrepreneur continues in a moment. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's Entrepreneur on CJAD, Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest this evening, the owner of the Irish Embassy Pub downtown, Paul Quinn. And uh, Paul, pubs, as we were talking about before, could be a, a hectic environment, a crazy environment. How do you find the right people, the right team to surround you, and what, uh, what qualities do you look for in your, pe- in your people? I think uh, at the end of the day, you were asking earlier about, um, I, it was about the Irish pub or whatever thing. The pub is all about the people. And that is uh, the hardest thing of our business is finding the right people. And uh, in Montreal, I've been very fortunate. And I think that's why we're doing so well, because we've got a great team and a great family of people in the pub. Uh, Montreal, where we are, uh, you've, it's a big university city. There's a lot of young, energetic, um, very talented people. So we go through stages where um, you know, a lot of the employees, they're studying to be accountants, doctors, lawyers, lots of different stuff, but they have to make their money during the year so uh, we've got uh, we've got a good uh, a good uh, resource of people I would imagine you know as you say we're dealing with university people you're dealing with fairly youthful uh, employees that have a have yet to reach a certain level of maturity and they're dealing with alcohol they're you know have you ever had to reel in a staff member have you ever had do you have to kind of set the ground rules from day one it's uh, it's a very difficult uh, product. We sell alcohol. It's constantly um, altering people's minds. Uh, uh, the staff we're selling all the time and cre- cre- uh, creating uh, the party and the goodwill. So it is an issue to um, to keep the younger staff, uh, you know, that they don't get out of control with the drink. There's no drinking on the job. Uh, but when they're finished, they like to have a few drinks. So that is something where I really try to educate the staff and tell them the uh, the dangers and the fun of drink. Um, and we really try to, uh, you know, t- 
to uh, keep us. Some pubs promote an overconsumption among their staff. We try to uh, promote that, uh, like our business, we're driving towards more pub, food, restaurant, not like in the past when it just is all about being 18 years of age and getting hammered. Not that that's a bad thing, but certainly it's something you need to have controls in, in your business, especially as a pub. Have you have you set certain controls that are that are obvious that you really put as the number one and two things that, that drive home to your staff? Um, we won't tolerate uh, um, like intoxication on the job. Um, by law, there's meant to be no consumption of alcohol of any staff. In Montreal, it's kind of common among a lot of industry people to drink on the job. So we will allow maybe now and again a few drinks because we don't want to be the, the bad, bad boss in town. Um, but uh, that bit, and we're just there for uh, to try and help the staff. We've got great doormen. Um, we don't challenge staff, and doormen aren't there to challenge consumers after they get drunk. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, the customer comes in if they have too much to drink. Sometimes uh, they will um, get all happy. They'll get sad. They'll get mad. It's our job to um, you know to basically handle that in a, in a, in a good fashion. If they drink too much, we've, we've got Point 8, which is a service uh, where they uh, uh, a company will come with a car and drive the people home if they need to take their car home. We'll uh, take the keys off them if they're drinking, and uh, we just try and work with, if it's a large group, rather than challenge the drunk person, if you uh, approach the group in a nice manner and say, listen, guys, he's had enough tonight, come back tomorrow, usually everybody's happy and there's no problems. I think, you know, the level of social responsibility that entrepreneurs have to face on a daily basis, whether in pub owner, retail, or themselves, is, is something that has to stay in the forefront of their minds. Uh, and certainly in a pub, there's, there's, no, there's no better example than that. Sure, and I'm sure lots of examples of, uh, of interesting situations. And after yes. the news break, we'll ask Paul about that, what kinds of, uh, of uh, I guess, funny stories he's seen over the years in the pub business. 514-790-0991, StarTalk on Bell Mobility. And you can also text in uh, to 514-800. Paul Quinn from the Irish Embassy, our guest this evening on Today's Entrepreneur. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.32, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guest this evening from the Irish Embassy Pub, Paul Quinn. And uh, Paul, earlier we were discussing, uh, I guess, uh, how, how you control the chaos at a pub atmosphere. Tell us some of the, maybe a couple of funny anecdotes or stories that you've had over the years, uh, either in Montreal or Toronto, stuff that's, that stuck with you over the years. I suppose some of the funny stories would be uh, the customers who come in. Um, we've had a few Irish customers who come in who um, have uh, not made it across to the US and they'll tell you, um, excuse me, I got a bit of a cough here. They'll tell you how they're planning to get across the border. One of the guys um, was going across and being rolled up in a rug. (laughs) So my whole point is, uh, have you really been drinking that much? Um, When you go down to the washroom and you find uh, the underwear, sometimes you wonder like, what's going on here? Or when you get uh, called um, by the alarm company uh, after closing hour and uh, you find out that someone actually was uh, just had a few too many and was asleep under one of the, one of the tables. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the, you know, these are all great experiences that you certainly, you know, there's no better life lesson than learning from these experiences. But, Paul, is there, is there a mentor or somebody that you looked up to and kind of used as a sounding board along the way as you were learning how to be a good entrepreneur? Um, 
I suppose my father um, and a lot of uh, family friends and uncles and aunts and mums. And I, I believe that your, I think your dad passed away almost a year ago. How has that left a void in your entrepreneurial and your family life? It's uh, been very tough because uh, I used to talk to him every day. So uh, it's a big, big loss. Um, we loved him very much, but um, I think we live on in his memory and very proud of uh, what he left us and all uh, the examples and what we're doing today. So, uh, But there's certainly seven kids left behind, so I'm sure you feed off each other. Are there specific roles that you play? I mean, is everybody in the business? No, a family of seven, so I work with three of my brothers. And then I've got a brother and two sisters who are in the medical field. So uh, as they say in an Irish family, uh, well, you know, you have to have one who's uh, a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, uh, a priest, um, a bar owner, and uh, a tough guy. (laughs) Which I'm sure you run the gamut. So the ones that are in the business, I mean, do you all play your separate roles? Do you step on each other's toes? Do you get along? Have you, you know, who's the, now that you're, you know, unfortunately your dad passed away, is there a decision maker that emerged or do you all play a role? There is all of the above. And uh, the fact, I suppose, now that I'm up in Montreal, um, in Toronto sometimes, yes, there is days when there is uh, too many chiefs, which isn't good for a business. Um, You need a lot of different Indians and people need to know their roles. And you need to have uh, defined meetings and then kind of work it as a a democracy. But there is uh, stronger individuals who, uh, I suppose, uh, their opinion would carry more weight. And from a mediation arbitration, did the non-business owners ever kind of get involved? I mean, you have di- you have family dinners. Everybody has their family dinners. Does it kind of get thrown at the table? No, they're fairly okay. But because we're in the food and beverage ind- industry, they're always coming in and they support the businesses. So they'll always uh, give their advice. But um, they don't get stuck into uh, the difficult arguments over business. And from a, from a structure standpoint, is that something that was actively sought out like when your dad you know he knew he had these three four family members and of course the non-family members was it ever discussed that he kind of include his children in the planning and structure and this is how things are going to work um as we said earlier uh, as a family growing up you always were doing stuff so uh you heard at the dinner table we we're out working so um we were very involved but no there wasn't a kind of a succession plan and my father uh, passed away fairly quick so uh but yeah, that would be a problem, I'd say, uh, for a lot of other people. Um, it's great for the entrepreneurial where you work as a family the way we did. You all get um, great experience, but um, I think you also need to have defined structure and, and roles. And when you came to Montreal, I mean, you said it was certainly a learning curve. Is there anything that you would do differently or what would you learn from your experience of starting out a business in a totally new environment? Um, not to be as confident in, uh, like, Toronto took a lot of time to grow and be there, and coming here thinking, I suppose we see chains like McDonald's and Tim Hortons, feeling that the product we had would uh, implement very easy. It was a big learning curve. Uh, The customer base is a lot different. Even though maybe 90% of the product is the same, that 10% is greatly different, and... uh, it was a big, big learning curve. So uh, I would be far more open and willing to really understand the customer base the next time around. How are the two markets different, uh, Montreal and Toronto, as far as, uh, I guess, uh, opening pubs? Is, is Montreal, does it have some advantages, disadvantages over Toronto? 
Um, they're both very good cities. Uh, it's just two different locations. In Toronto, we're downtown uh, under the towers in a suit and tie environment with a corporate vend. In uh, Montreal, I'm downtown, but more in a tourist and a student uh, demographic. So uh, I have to be more conscious uh, to the price point, more conscious to um, you know the available budget of uh, if a, if a student's paying with his money and you've got a you've got a businessman playing with corporate money. There, you know. Two different things, and I guess they're more rowdy here. Exactly, a lot more fun <laughs> here. Here we're more. Uh, it's it's um, here is more of I'd say a more casual, relaxed, uh, fun pub. Toronto, uh, our pubs are a little bit more stuffy, suit and tie. Now I've been I've been really wanting to ask this question for the whole you know forty minutes that we've been sitting here. You know, we're talking about a bar ownership. We're talking about uh, perhaps uh, some things, as you say. You know, are they shady or not? Paul, is what's the deal? You know, do do bars get shaken down? I mean. You know, are there people that, that come to you and ask you for money for protection? I've been very fortunate that that hasn't happened. I'm not saying that, well, you know, maybe I'm, in, I'm the fortunate thing. Um, I run a very clean operation. Um, I stick within the laws. I don't have any drugs. Um, we don't uh, do any money lending. In my pub, we don't have uh, the gambling machines. There's certain things that will attract uh, a certain amount of trouble. And uh, I think there may be bars that, do have trouble, but uh, maybe they're inviting the trouble partly as well. So it's truly a conscious decision, regardless of potentially the dollars that could come with it. It's it's yours. It's probably a family decision as well over the years. Um, I don't think we've ever discussed it. I think we just run uh, a clean, proper operation. Uh, we work, uh, you know, we, we don't, you know, um, we just, I'm not doing drugs. We don't, we don't do that type of stuff. So it never really came up. And uh, I suppose maybe that's why we are fortunate we haven't had trouble. And also, uh, we've got a great relationship with the uh, the police downtown. Uh, we run a very clean operation. We're a fairly large size operation, so we're fairly visible. I think people maybe who um, are in the business of maybe selling stuff they shouldn't be avoid, uh, you know, they don't need the trouble or they don't need uh, the spotlight on them. So they'll go uh, maybe somewhere less noticeable. Do you feel that's been an important and valuable decision is to kind of stay close to law enforcement? And I'm not close to law enforcement. We, 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 <laughs> well, like, I, I know wanna... the guys downtown. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think they're quite happy. We haven't had one police, uh, we haven't had to call the police once in that we're going into our fourth years for trouble. So uh, you know, we we run, uh, we work very close with them on you know what are the rules, what 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 do you want us to do, and we don't mess around with it. We don't bring in illegal liquor. We don't. Uh, I make a very when we hire people, we let them know we won't tolerate any form of uh, illegal substance abuse or selling, and uh, you have to, you've got to kill it very quick. Otherwise, uh, it could be like a bad rash. It would be all over you. Can be tricky sometimes when your employees do have to get physical once in a while with people who are overly rowdy or, or uh, I guess, mischievous. Uh, what what directives do you give to your bouncers, for example, to 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 have them contain the situation without getting it out of control? Uh, we take a, a passive, non-confrontational uh, role. Um, the majority of people who come into establishment will come in with friends. If uh, one or two of them get out of hand and we challenge them. Uh, a big part of the problem can be the security. If you challenge them, well, then their friends are going to back them up. If you approach it to them in a manner, listen, can you know, can you get your buddy home? We know he had a few too many. They'll usually work with you and there won't be a problem. So you've got to use a bit of psychology in the whole experience. Yeah, you just have to be smart. And you, you know, if, you, if you end up with three doormen who want to be rocky every night, you're going to have problems. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, the, it, it's it's not an easy business. Have you have you made sacrifices for this? Um, I've made uh, sacrifices um, sometimes on the business because my wife is in a medical field, so uh, I'm not there sometimes because I want to be with her. And I think uh, my wife has made huge sacrifices uh, because the nature of my business is 24-7. And have you changed any of your processes or thoughts or... How do you how do you kind of resolve something like that? Um, you just keep on working and hope that more of a structure and a format uh, comes about. So, do you find yourself building a better team around you so that there's something that can run without your physical presence? Yes, in the beginning, that was one of the other things I'd do again. As you said, uh, coming to a city without having many contacts was a big, big problem. Now uh, I've been working with people for four years, and we've got an incredible team. And without uh, the business, really, is the people. Without the guys in the kitchen, without the guys up in the office and the staff on the floor, there'd be nothing there. And uh, the whole concept, I think, of a successful entrepreneur is someone who. Uh, can actually leave where they're not needed. The entity and the people are greater now than uh, any one individual. And if you had to offer words of wisdom to today's entrepreneur, what would they be? Um, if you entrepreneurship, I think today is a lot harder. Um, things have got a lot faster. Um, uh, just keep on trying. If you've got a true spirit, if you get knocked down, get back up. Uh, keep on learning and uh, keep on trying and you know keep striving for your goal. It'll come in. You know, Dan. Uh, as we as we kind of wrap up with Paul here, I find that one of the items, and he, he said it earlier on, and, and I hope uh, those that were listening kept it as part of them. Experience any experience you can get. Take take the good. Learn from it. You know, sometimes there's bad too, but you're gonna you're gonna expand from that too, and you're gonna get that knowledge, and you're gonna be able to apply it, pretty much in any situation. Experience combined with a certain amount of education, information is a dangerous thing. Some people say, combine the experience with with that information, with that education, and that is huge for any entrepreneur. And uh, we certainly see that with every entrepreneur, every successful entrepreneur. It's not just by the gut. It's gut with information. It's experience along with information. And that's really where, where the information and where the entrepreneur is really going to succeed. What I also see with Paul is an ability to be extremely professional and organized within, uh, I guess, a business that can be quite chaotic. So I think uh, maybe, Josh, you, uh, this, this is something you must tell some of your clients, um, that all businesses can be organized and, and run efficiently and doesn't have to fall into a, uh, the bar stereotype that everything is out of control and there's alcohol spilling everywhere and money coming in and out. I mean, there, there can be structure wherever you go. There's definitely, you know, I use the term organized chaos quite frequently. And the reality is everybody has to run, everybody runs their business within their own little framework, but not everybody follows those rules. So you have to be able to see where those people are not following the rules and A, determine if it's a good thing because you're thinking out of the box, or B, make sure you, you kind of wrap your arm around them and say, hey, you know what, this is really where to go. This is the business and explain it to them. Don't just take it for granted. Or don't just slap them across the face and say, do it or else. It doesn't necessarily work and certainly not with uh, not with the generation that's working today. After the break, we'll talk about IT issues. Uh, Fuller Landau's IT guy, Kevin Ammerman, uh, will be in studio. We'll talk about social media and other aspects uh, to IT and uh, your business. You can always join the conversation at 514-790-0991. Star Talk on Bell Mobility, that's star 8255. And texting to 514-800.
For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 748 on CJD. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, presented by Fuller Landau. Uh, this show all about business people just like you who've struggled and managed to succeed in the end. Uh, Dan Delmar with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller. And we welcome to the conversation, on top of Paul Quinn, the owner of the Irish Embassy Pub, uh, Kevin Ammerman. Kevin is the IT director uh, for uh, Fuller Landau. Welcome back, Kevin. Thank you very much. So we were talking about the restaurant industry, and uh, it, is, it is becoming more and more important to, to incorporate various technologies in the industry. Tell us about some of these systems out there that um, that could make life for restaurant owners like Paul uh, a heck of a lot easier. Uh, the key is really probably the, the point of sale system. So the system that you see the, the waiters and waitresses uh, punching in and punching out of as you enter the restaurant and as you're they're taking orders and generating your bills. Um, they've become much more complex over the past few years um, with the uh, introduction of touchscreen technology and you, you see very few restaurants these days that have just a simple cash register sitting by the by the exit on the way out. Um, by and large, most of them have uh, touchscreen technology, uh, usually several of these units uh, scattered around the establishment. And uh, some of them are even going to the point where they have portable devices with, with touchscreens that they go to the tables with as well. And Paul, how have these devices uh, helped your business? It's made it easier, I'm assuming? It's made it a lot, lot easier. Um, everything is uh, goes through a central place. All the orders go up to a, kit, a kitchen. It cuts down on a lot of the trouble. Uh, historically, in this uh, business, th there was a lot of theft. I don't like to say that um, because I love all the people I work with. I think they're all very honest. Um, but it just helps really improve on efficiency and keeping track of your systems. If you're working with... Um, like as an entrepreneur, like I just made things happen. Whereas I'm at a stage now where you need to work with the professionals and implement uh, systems. If you have your systems in, they can tell you so much. You can really, it really helps with your business. So the controls that, or the capacity for these softwares to, to control and to give you that information is hugely beneficial. Yes. And are there other systems, Kevin? You know, there. You know, I'm sure there's not just point of sale systems. There must be other, con you know, systems where entrepreneurs can use to control, uh, control their systems to gain information. Uh, well, I guess the next time would be to your accounting system, and uh, this is where we've had some ex ex experience at Fuller Landau is setting up smaller businesses, integrating their uh, retail systems with their their actual bookkeeping systems. So. Uh, tying those systems together, making sure that smaller businesses get off to a good start when they're when they're uh, initiating the books so that their uh, their bookkeepers and accountants don't have to invest so much time and money later on. Uh, doing that initial setup and getting a good chart of accounts set up, that's that's uh, a good thing to do and to bring in a professional to help out with. Um, for, for either of you, what kind of information do we know about the what goes on at businesses, whether it's a pub or any other type of business uh, today that we didn't know uh, maybe 10 years ago because of these new types of systems? It, you just, uh, it'll give you an up-to-the-minute uh, tracking of everything you sell. Before it was guesswork, whereas now you know exactly what you're buying, what you're selling. Uh, you know, my brother, uh, he's a bit more te high-tech than me. He'll get his email. If a, a pint is poured at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, it goes through the flow meter. He'll get a, a text. So uh, you can just really keep up-to-the-minute uh, information on everything going on. What I find, Dan, is the biggest difference then versus now is really controlling your inventory, knowing exactly what you have, what to be able to sell. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that try to look at their min-max rules and say, hey, if I have a certain product that's at a very low level and I need to reorder it or lead time, I think the computer and software systems today do an extraordinary job of letting you know and helping manage that, those inventory levels. 
I mean, there's so many implications behind it. It's uh, it's astounding. So that's probably from from what I can tell from then till now is one of the most important and valuable changes to uh, to the entrepreneur. And if there's one industry where, where the inventory can get out of control, it would be the, the food and beverage industry. So you mentioned something called flow meters. So I guess yes. you, you track exactly how much liquid is coming out of the keg. Yeah. And you said, wow, you just know, like, to the to the, to the penny to the drop. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's control all, you know, with waste and spillage. And, and of course, we talked about theft before. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there's an inordinate amount of, of information that you can get from these systems. And I think, you know, at, when we come back from the break, you know, as exciting as this is, I think from a, from a retail standpoint in a pub, we, I think there's some social media that, can, that we can really get to and kind of drive people towards, towards your location as well. We'll talk about social media in just a second, 514-790-0991. And you can also text to 514-800 if you want to join the conversation. It's 753. This is Today's Entrepreneur on CJ80. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, Chartered Accountants and Business Advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. 7.56, welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. Dan Delmar, along with Fuller Landau's Josh Miller, and our guests are right now in studio. Paul Quinn is the owner of the Irish Embassy Pub, and from Fuller Landau, uh, Kevin Ammerman, who's here to talk about IT systems. And uh, Kevin, we're, we're discussing social media and how important this is, uh, uh, this is to new businesses. Um, tell us about, uh, I guess, some of the, the advice that you give to, to your clients when it comes to social media, whether it be uh, Facebook, Twitter, Foursquare, and how they can incorporate that into their business. Uh, it's not just incorporating it into their business, but uh, taking advantage of the specific aspects that really help them out. Um, there's some really uh, fun little utilities out there these days. Uh, one of the new ones is Foursquare, which is a location-based service. Uh, Foursquare and Facebook both have location services these days, and uh, it gives... Uh, they, they patrons of an establishment a place to uh, meet up offline and uh, compete against one another more or less. So uh, Foursquare, for example, allows uh, patrons to check in to different venues or establishments. And uh, for each check-in, you, you get points, uh, which uh, accumulate. And uh, the person with the most points at any given time is the, the mayor of the establishment, which may or may not come with perks. Um, some some uh, restaurants are, offer free food or discounts or things like this. So this is a, this is something that you do from your phone or your smartphone or. Yeah, almost exclusively over Blackberries, iPhones, all of that kind of thing. Whatever has a web browser uh, will allow you to log in, and uh, it, the idea is to sort of get uh, patrons competing against one another to to attend these venues more often. And the nice thing about it is you, you don't have to go searching for these locations. They're actually uh, uh, the GPS that's built into most smartphones today will will tell you things that are in your neighborhood and give you a menu of things to choose from. And then owners of the establishments, as you said, you know, can offer coupons or entice or kind of create a buzz for their own establishment. Not only create a buzz, but what happens is uh, they'll they'll attempt to steal customers away from other establishments. Being it's ge- geographically located, uh, it'll show you who else is in the neighborhood as well. So uh, they, they try to get people to check in at uh, neighboring venues. Think about that, uh, Paul. Uh, you know, you have a bunch of Irish pubs surrounding you. Uh, you might be able to uh, cyber steal them exactly. into your place. Yeah, and I might have to be careful. Then I might have those problems you talked about. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You have somebody in the family to deal with them. Exactly. <laughs> I think, uh, thanks very much, Kevin. I think, you know, one of the, the aspects that we're talking about are dealing with IT uh, as we as we near the end of the show is not only to use it from a creative standpoint, but I think before the break we were talking about controls. Uh, controls for the entrepreneur, controls for their business, 
and to when you're applying the experience and the information, the controls that give the information for the entrepreneur, that's really where the biggest effect is going to be on their business and how they can kind of control not just the top line but the bottom line as well. And that's where it's all about. Even if it's in the pub industry, that can get a bit rowdy sometimes. But it can be a hell of a lot of fun, too. <laughs> uh, thank you very much to our guest, Kevin Ammerman, the IT uh, guy over at Fuller Landau, and Paul Quinn, owner of the Irish Embassy Pub. Thank you both. Thank you. And Josh, uh, thank you again. Uh, you'll, we'll be off until November 29th, that Monday. That's right. So we shall uh, we shall have another edition of Today's Entrepreneur then. You can always reach Fuller Landau at 514-875-2865 or visit their website, www.flmontreal.com. For Josh Miller, I'm Dan Delmar. Good night. Friendly Fire is next.